Welcome to Keeping Athena Company. So my name is Athena Kabenu, stand-up comedian, podcaster, writer, and I'm a parent. Right, and being a parent is great, but my child doesn't speak. So to stop me from going insane every now and again, I invite a friend around for a chat and some plantain, maybe some still water that they brought themselves. It's nice. <laughs> We've got a tap here, but it's nice that you came prepared. That's um, like a two um, litre bottle of water. Yeah, I, I run through at least one of these. A day. This is because you come from South London, right? And you were like, oh, I'm going north. Oh my gosh, I've got to be prepared. Got my backpack, got my two litres of water. You're funny. Was it No, was that's it that default. Far? That's default. Was that's it default. Welcome to my mum's kitchen. Samuel Williams. Yeah. Samuel Williams, welcome. Yeah. How's it going? It's going I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I felt at hot because I looked here, I was like, ooh. Don't know if there's some racism over here. What? And then and then I oh you open the door and I smelled fried plantain and I was like, Oh, this is wonderful. I'm this is how I get home. my guests to know where I live. You ah. know, they're like they get the postcode and they're like, Where's the house? Where's the house? And I fry the plantain, they're like, That's Athena's house. Yeah. That's where Athena lives. Yeah. Do you do you get on with your neighbours? Yeah, we do. We've got um I won't use that can I use their names? Well we've got one neighbour next door who's like a, an old Jamaican lady oh. and we've known her since we've moved in and we watch out for her, you know, we know her family and the people next door they change because uh, it's like rental. Yeah. But we like these new guys. One's a taxi it's like a family and the dad's a taxi driver. He once offered me a chicken sandwich. Um and I don't eat chicken. <laughs> what Papa is? Well what no, what had happened was he was like, Oh, we bought a sandwich and it's got chicken in it and we don't eat chicken, do you want it? And I don't eat chicken. Oh, a sandwich as yeah. in like like a no, it was, bread sandwich, it, it, not not it a burger, like, it was like a chicken it was fillet like a meal, burger. No, it was like a meal deal sandwich. Oh, no, no. From like Tesco's. No. And he was like, we haven't eaten it. We've just opened it, but we don't eat chicken. And I mm. was like, well, I don't eat chicken. <laughs> and I said, my mum eats chicken, but my mum would just be like, I'm not eating that. Mm. <laughs> um, so, I pl- But they're kind is what I'm saying. They were, oh, nice. okay. Okay. they were nice to offer it to me. They didn't want to throw it out. So I think that's their good peoples. And we know some other people down. Yeah, you thinking of moving here? Uh, absolutely not. That's no. What, no, no, no. A lot of people come from South London to North London and they think about moving to North London. You wouldn't be the first. Um, I, I feel you just made that up because <laughs> I speak to South people and I've never heard any of them really? talking about moving it's to North. It's one of those things. South is the promised land. What? Promise, promise of what? <laughs> promise of what? E. coli. You're funny. <laughs> promise of what? No, I like South London. I don't know why I'm cussing it. I go to South London all the time. Mm-hmm. And I get my hair done in South. Is it? The only way, the only place you can get your dreadlock reattached when it falls out is a place in Brixton. So yeah, yeah. They can re- they can reattach dreads. Uh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't trust a North Londoner to reattach my dreadlocks. They, I definitely wouldn't. But in in Brixton, place in Brixton, yeah, because dreadlocks fall out. Mm. Are you having a good day? Yeah, yeah. I'm enjoying it. The weather's nice. So I walked, walked yeah. here, walked like. What, like 12 miles to get from the station to here? It was, it was a good, the nice walk in the sun, yeah. Yeah, there was donkeys so some, and camels. No, just cattles. Uh, just just a few cattle, yeah. Cattle. I've, I don't think I've ever been to Finchley before. Yeah, what do you think of it? I have no opinion. There's nothing to it. There's just buildings. <laughs> like I'd, It's just literally a road. There's like one road. How? One straight road. Like, that is actually really true. Like, like, there's one road. It's like a, but it's not a motorway. <laughs> like, it's not a wo- mo- Like, it's got commitment issues. Like, I don't want to commit to being a motorway. So, it's just one road. It's one, one road. long road. And we've got an Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> the Iceland is like the focal point of the community. Wow. If that Iceland was to go, oh my gosh, East Finchley would rot. Wow. That would be our Brexit. That well, you lot don't have Audi. We don't have, they tried, the people around here are really posh. I think they tried to open an Aldi and everyone protested. It's like, why are you protesting against against 39p biscuits? 
and cheap toilet these, paper. How are these popping? Oh man, I go Aldi a lot. They got the best scented candles, you know. Do they? Yeah, this... and there's this thing called diffuser. Yeah, yeah, diffuser. The, the smell thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's popping. Guys. I just bought fifty um, breast milk bags from Aldi. <laughs> that is such a mama statement. <laughs> what is a breast milk bag? Because what happens is, like, I'm trying to get my baby to like off. I'm trying to get her off the breast milk, right? Mm. And she will not take the bottle at all. Like, if you want to get slapped, you have to give or offer my child a bottle. So I'm like, okay, well, if I put my breast milk in the bottle, maybe maybe she'll like it. But the problem is, is I you, I can't get out a lot, so I've got to get out a little every day. So what I do is I um I kind of get out a little every day, put it in these breast milk bags, put them in the freezer. Right. So I'm building up a supply. Right. So when the time comes for her to just get the bottle, like the whole time. So you're creating things. like literally breast milk ISO. That's basically it, right. yeah. You're just <laughs> exactly. saving breast milk pots. Like you got yeah. pots and of breast milk. When it just comes to maturity, slowly, yeah. yeah. She'll have like a, a six month supply. Of and technically, milk. when you freeze stuff, you know, it expands. So that's like interest. So you actually get more breast milk that over is... the the period of time. That is exactly what's happening. That's some so serious she, maths. But she should be grateful um, because obviously I'd rather just stick formula in the bottle and give it to her. But now I've got to sit down with like a, and these machines you use. To get your breast milk out, they're not like what the, what the pump thing. They're like yeah, you, so you know about do the you pump. have do you have a pump? Yeah, I've got pump. So yeah, yeah. Does it hurt your nipples? Nah, she hurts my nipples. Cause I know feet. babies. Yeah, I know babies. Like babies do. Uh, yeah, that's what I was asking. Cause I know like with babies, like they hurt the nipple and that. You know a lot about this. Hell yeah. Why do you know a lot? Uh, or how do you I know a lot? Speak to women. I've dated women with kids. Oh, and okay, I've, yeah. Like, I've raised my younger siblings, but I ain't breastfeed them, so I don't... Do you know I mean? I don't know that stuff, but... No, nah, I've dated women with kids. No, it hurts. And it's funny, because when you have a child, the mm. NHS and basically everyone is like, breast is best, you've got to breastfeed. But it, it really is painful. Mm. Like, it does hurt at the beginning, it hurts. Um, and then, then it gets better. Then they get teeth. And they, they don't have no behaviour. Yeah. They and they don't see you... They don't see, like, the breast or something that's attached to their mum. They yeah. just see it, like, getting a can of Coke from the fridge, right? No, literally. So they just, like... They will bite, and they don't understand no at this age. My mum, my 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 sir, my little brother used to yank my mum's nipple like she will bite it and pull on it, and then my mum. That's when my mum's like, all right, no more fee. Like, <laughs> like if you're like, yeah, if you got a docile baby, yeah, congratulations. What's a docile? Docile is like calm oh. and like yeah, it's just a calm, chill baby. If you're mm. docile, you're generally just like a bit. Um, it's not. It's not necessarily because it's a good thing to be docile, but it just means to be calm and like. But for a baby, it, but for a baby, is. oh, for breastfeeding it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My one, my baby is rowdy. Mm. Oh, that baby is rowdy. But she's she's generally good. It's just that occasionally she bites. But that's not the issue. The issue is she's not taking a bottle. She's getting to a year old. I need to go out and just do my own thing. Mm. So that's what I'm doing. She's not taking what formula. Oh. She doesn't like the taste. It's like Pepsi and Coke or something. Like, <laughs> like she could tell the difference. Yeah, I can. I don't drink either, but I can tell the difference. Between Pepsi and Coke or yeah. breast milk and normal milk? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, can't, I don't drink that stuff anyway. What, breast milk and... No, Coke. Oh, uh, I don't drink... Um, yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. Or stuff like that. about acting actually I want to talk to you about loads of things yeah. actually I want to talk to you about clothes okay because I was thinking about when I first met you yeah and it was at a comedy club 
And you're really funny. Do you know what's mad? I don't ever remember performing while you... I, no, I believe you haven't seen me perform. I've seen you perform. I've seen you perform. But you told me you were a designer. Mm. And you are. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And you design clothes. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the way you're going, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I went onto your website and I was like, oh man, this is, this is wild. Like, this is really insane. Because... I think what it was, was the ethos of a lot of kind of like self-made clothing companies and clothing design yeah. is like, there's this lot of bravado to it. It's all like fresh ego kit, yeah. you know, and yeah. like, and just like big and bold. And yours was like really abstract and creative yeah. and artistic. It's, it's interesting you say that because... That was one of my like philosophies. Like when I was doing my pop up shops, I was doing a lot of. See, the thing is, just the direction I was going with my brand made it quite time consuming. And What's your brand called? Insane Gentleman. Insane so Gentleman. Brand's called Insane Gentleman. Tagline is where sanity becomes insanity. It's looking at our norms and how they differ from one another. Because what's normal to you can be completely crazy to someone else. So I explore that through my artwork. It's black and white because it's inspired by Rorschach, the psychologist, and his inkblot test, and how colour can change the way you perceive things, etc. So I was doing, like, pop-up shops. And one of the things I used to always, like, highlight to people that came was that it's not a lifestyle brand. Right. It's not a brand to represent a particular lifestyle, or it's not, like, shallow. It's not just, hey, look at this. I'm cool. Do you know what I mean? It's like, this is, it's about exploring our thinking. Do you know what I mean? Exploring your thinking. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, perception. What do you, what did you want to achieve with your brand? I, I want to explore my creativity. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I could see. And I liked that. Uh, and I almost bought a tracksuit. Then I was like, I'm 36 years old. I'm a project manager. Where am I going to wear this tracksuit? Um, but I sent your website to loads of people and I shared it I'll around. It. Yeah, yeah. Cause, um, just because it, um, it was different. And I also think that this isn't a criticism of you, by the way, but there's a lot of people out there who were like designers, but they just, but they buy generic tracksuits mm. and they just put like, a logo on the chest mm-hmm. and it is like yeah but what's your vision mm-hmm. and it's almost like what you said people just want the lifestyle brand so it's not mm-hmm. like necessarily what what is this saying and what mm-hmm. does it look like it's mm-hmm. like oh okay if someone wears this mm-hmm. gonna you say it's a love island kind of thing like there's a there's a kind of like a shallowness to it yeah 100%. and there wasn't like m- any shallowness to your thing it was super interesting so like for even <clears throat> even the tracksuits um like those two colors right yeah one of them is a gray but it's it's actually a sketch grey, so right. it has thirteen different grey, like grey shades right. in it, and that's to represent the, all the grey areas in everything we deem in life. Like you know, every time we highlight things aren't black and white, yeah. we're highlighting the grey areas. So my grey is never like one bold grey. Yeah, it's different shades to the grey. So that's really what I'm doing with a grey tracksuit, and the black one is actually a Blu-ray dyed black. Right. So it's actually black that has been dyed with a Blu-ray. So What does that mean? So basically, <clears throat> um, it's like it has blue undertones. It's almost like when you get a certain colour that looks blue in certain lighting and green in certain lighting. Yeah. Something so like it's that. like off black. 
Yeah. Like, for if someone says that's a black tracksuit, that's not true. There's, like, another colour in that. Yeah. And what's the meaning of that? Um, you... Yeah, again, <clears throat> it comes down to um, how we perceive darkness. Wow, how we perceive... This is a tracksuit, and yeah. you're thinking about how we perceive darkness. Yeah, 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 because um, blue, like, represents, you know, sadness and being down. Yeah. And then... You know, which usually is supposed to lead to being in a dark space. Yeah. And then there's this fine line between being sad and being down and actually being in a dark space. Yeah. So did yeah. you study art? No. What did you study? If you studied no. anything? Uh, I did like business in uni, but that was because I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. So right. I just did business because it was neutral. So I was like, you know, let me just... I didn't know what I wanted to do with myself. At the time, I never got into acting. I never... Did my brand I never had any businesses nothing so how did you get into acting um while I was in uni um okay. guy was trying to sell me paintball tickets <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah does that ever work you see people selling paintball tickets nah like, he was a, like he was really trying like he was really trying to connect with me and them times I was a lot more hood so I was anti-social <laughs> like I, I weren't really someone to just like start a conversation with someone do you know what I mean I was I was more like I know big like easy do you know what I mean that that was I'm a lot more friendlier now yeah, you know what you I'm <laughs> so um yeah he was trying to sell me these paintball tickets and then he was he was like what'd you what'd you do what'd you like to do he's like oh, I'm studying business oh so you want to work for a big company nah don't you know oh you want to start it nah don't you know so he's like struggling so he's like all right what do you like to do uh, i don't know he's like what, okay what did you do in secondary school I, like, I don't know i like drama and that's when he was like oh i'm an actor like, wow. you ain't no actor you're black <laughs> you ain't no actor. <laughs> i'm thinking like in britain like there's the you there's barely any black actors that's what i thought at the time so you see like with um street crime and all of this and i always see like on TV, when they're discussing it, they always speak about the opportunity these people have. Like, they're doing all this, but there's opportunities out there, blah, blah, blah. And my issue with that, or my problem with that, is coming from that space, I personally think it's naive of them. Like, it's unfair for them to be able to comprehend someone that feels alone. They can comprehend someone that has their whole family around them. Yeah. They have their friends around them, but they feel alone. They can comprehend that even though someone can see their friends and family, they can still feel alone. Yeah. But they can't comprehend a guy in the hood that can't see opportunity. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it can be around him. He may not even see it. Yeah. But it doesn't matter whether it's there or not. It's what he feels. He feels like there is no opportunity yeah. but there's not much opportunity for him and also the thing they forget is class the reality is a lot of black people and actually a lot of non-white people who achieve things come from a different class mm-hmm. you know um, they haven't you know I've, I grew up in East Finchley okay so if anyone tries to say my success means there's opportunity for people who grew up in a less advantaged area mm. they're talking shit because I haven't had that experience mm-hmm. and you can't put the experience of all black people onto one successful person. Yeah. But you know what? My point is mainly whether there is opportunity or not is the is the, is how it, the person is processing it or how they feel. If they feel it's not for them. If No, if they feel there is no opportunity. If, yeah. There is, is no opportunities felt? for them. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. All of us did. Like, as in, we... we yeah, yeah. 
Like, what are we going to do? Like, there's... You wouldn't even think... Yeah. All these things you see people doing, you just think, oh, right, they're doing it. Like, you don't think you can do it. Yeah, I totally... I can relate like, to you, that. Like, you would think, oh, I could do that one day, but that's it. As in, like, when I say you don't think you can do it, I mean, if you're honest with yourself, because you always tell yourself, yeah, man can do that. Yeah, I can do that. But if you just say you can do it and you're not even trying, you don't really believe you can do it. I'm going to tell you something which is different, but I think it's relatable. So I've got a twin brother. Yeah. And when we was young, sort of... Oh, yeah, I forgot you got a twin. <laughs> I got a twin brother. And when we were young, we were both into computers, right? Mm. And we could both code. So coding in the 90s is very different to coding now. Obviously, mm. everything is advanced. But we could both do it. And we both like computers. We set up computer networks mm. um, and play video games with our friends. Um, and I, we used to build websites like like the early websites mm-hmm. um, with like HTML code and frames and all that crap. Um, and he went on to study like IT at uni or whatever. And I did like English and history A-levels and I went on to do history as a degree because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I just always did what I was good at. Mm-hmm. And after a while I was like, why didn't I do computing? Why mm-hmm. didn't I do maths? Mm-hmm. Why didn't, it didn't even occur to me mm-hmm. I could do maths or that I could do IT or I could do that stuff. I even had somebody in my same house. We shared a bedroom for years studying this stuff and going, oh, I'm going to study this. And it it, it never occurred to me that I could tick those boxes on a form Mm. and do that. And the reason I say that is because obviously now if you can code and if you can work in IT and if you can do computing, that's like quite lucrative Mm. and it's like a great career path. But Mm. when I was thinking to myself, what can I be when I'm older, when I was 15, 16, 17 years old? And I was going home every night and I was on my computer until like two in the morning, three in the morning. Never occurred to me at all. Didn't see it. Opportunities were there. Mm. And now there's a big thing about women in STEM and women doing maths and Mm. engineering. And it's like, we, women generally and girls generally Mm. have the same access opportunities as boys. But for whatever reason, something in their brain is going, nah, is not not even seeing it. Yeah. And when you were talking, I was like, that, that reminds me of that. Yeah, not 100%. He, the guy was there and all his textbooks were in the house. It never mm. occurred to me that I could have studied that stuff. So a chance encounter with an actor who was selling paintballing experiences yeah. got you into acting. Yeah, he showed me um, he showed me his acting profile. And then he was like, See, like yeah, it. he was like, this one's called Star Now. This one's called, I think at the time it was called Casting Called Pro. It's yeah. Now called the, Mandy. Yeah. He was like, yeah, this, this, this. I was like, cool, cool, cool. I went home. I remember I made a Star Now profile and it said it needed a, a picture, a headshot. So I took a, a picture <laughs> in my room. I didn't know what the hell a headshot was. I just took a picture, I slapped it on. They rejected it. I'm like, it, it looks like me. What's wrong? Um, what year was this? Boy, that was like, just before 2012. Right, so that phone would have been like a Blackberry or some... Uh, wait, them times, <laughs> what phone did I have? Yeah, it was like a Blackberry, you know. No, it was... Yeah, yeah. It would have been no flash, no light coming in. No, it was... A, it was Yeah, it was rough. Still. Yeah. It was rough. So what was your first thing that you did where you, where you kind of thought, wow, this is like one of my first acting gigs. I'm, th- I'm acting now. Yeah, well, my, 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 first, my first ever one, I was applying for loads of stuff. No one's inviting me, like inviting me in for auditions. Um, and then I, I got called in to, for, to audition for an extra role. So I've, I've come now and, then the, and it's for a docudrama um, that, that goes straight to DVD for an actor called Ashley Chin. So I've come... And then they're looking at the guys that were supposed to audition as an extra. And then they looked at me and was like, 
you kind of look like Ashley Chin. I was like, is it? They're like, yeah, we feel like you could play the younger him for the for the thing. And I remember the first thing I thought, this is when I knew I still had my old mentality at the time. The first thing I thought was, oh, shit, like, what if I audition for it and don't get it? Then I won't get the, the extra role. And I remember <laughs> I caught myself just then because they were like, do you want to audition for it? I was going to say, no, nah, I'm all right. Especially because the anti-me inside, like, usually resists. Like, there's this thing where you kind of resist opportunities because you don't see it as opportunities. You you see it as oh, something like, I can't explain it, but you just like, no, nah, I'm good. No, nah, I'm all right. There's I'm something right. that stops you from... Yeah. It's almost like the opposite of ambition. It's something that eats you. Amb- even though you might be in a... Because I'm an ambitious person. Just, I, I, but- I personally think it's a habit that comes from... Go into like auntie's house and they're offering you food and you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm all right. Yeah. No, no, nah, nah, I'm all right. I think it's that. It's not because sometimes you want to do it, but like instinctively you say, no, nah, no, nah, I'm all right. No, yeah. no, nah, nah, I'm good. So they're like, oh, do you want to come here with us? No, nah, no, nah, I'm all right. Oh, do you want this? No, nah, no, nah, I'm all right. And sometimes you may want to go, sometimes you may see it as an opportunity, but you're like, no, nah, like, let me leave it. Do you get what I'm it's saying? It's a cultural thing, right? Mm. We talk a lot, especially in the comedy world, about having the confidence of a straight white male because mm. they'll never say no. You know, they'll be yeah. like, yeah yeah sounds brilliant sounds brilliant yeah and like there is something culturally definitely about coming from a west african that's culture that's funny there's but... confidence <laughs> of a straight white because male the, the, <laughs> but it's that feeling of entitlement mm, 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 like mm, i'm mm. entitled mm-hmm. to this opportunity not and but because i'm good enough and because i deserve it which are legit those are that's a legitimate view to hold yeah but you're right the instinct that we have that comes from a lot of the time the way we're brought up but also society in general yeah. is to say Oh no, thank you. Yeah, no, this, I'm all right. this little bit of bread is enough. Yeah, Don't offer me the rest yeah, of the roti. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. enough. So, but eventually you overrode that. Yeah, literally, yeah. De- like just before I stopped myself, I was like, no, no, like, man, can I can actually do this. Yeah. And I remember I was like, I, I, like, I reluctant, like, I, I could, my instinct was trying to say no, but I was like, no, no, like, I'm all right. Yeah, 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 I did. And then, yeah, auditioned, got it. And that was my very first uh, role I did. Did you ever go paintballing? Yes, I did. <laughs> With that guy? No, <laughs> no. Never met him again in my life. Hello, it's just me popping in halfway through this podcast to tell you about a very exciting show I've got coming up on Wednesday the 16th of October in London. So apologies if you're not in the vicinity. The show is called Library Laughs. Why? Because we're raising money for a library in Accra, Ghana. That's the capital of Ghana, if you didn't know already. And if you like me, you probably did know that because you're a smart person. This library is amazing. It does outreach work in the community, improving literacy rates, giving children who wouldn't normally have access, access to books uh, with a focus on African and afro Centered, Afro-centred, I should say, literature. It's really amazing. She also does outreach projects outside of the capital, so in rural areas, taking books to the people, championing literacy and the benefits it can have on education, intellect, self-identity, culture, all kinds of things. This is an amazing cause. I just love the fact that somebody from the UK has gone to Ghana and is making a difference and not just running around picking up children and taking selfies so if you support this and i think you do and if you love live comedy come to the show it's in the star of kings in king's cross october the 16th called library last there'll be a link in the description of this podcast you can also find the link on my social media channels but if you want the link right now to buy tickets it is www 
www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash library laughs that's www.ticketsource.co.uk forward slash library laughs you have all the information you need to have yourself a great evening in the middle of black history month 2019 i'm going to leave you to enjoy the rest of this podcast and also deal with my child who i think you can probably hear in the background I was just like criticizing my friend for the amount of money they spent on shoes, and I had ju- and that day, just before I had just been battling on eBay for a comic, and I spent like five hundred pound on this comic, and I was just cussing them for buying Giuseppe's. <laughs> was this a male or a female? Uh, man or woman? Male, male, male. Oh, I was, the reason I ask is, this is just going off topic. I was having a conversation with someone about women in shoes and handbags. Mm. So even though so I wouldn't buy a really expensive um, handbag or a really expensive pair of shoes, the reason women have so many shoes and so many handbags is that the conventions of female dress is like, we need to have different outfits, yeah. right? So guy, you just wear suits, trousers, jeans. You literally need a black pair of trainers, a white pair of trainers, maybe a brown pair of shoes and a black pair of shoes, right? But I've gone out and I've bought outfits to go to like birthdays and weddings and I've come mm. home and I've got, I had looked at my stuff and I'm like, nothing goes with this stuff. Yeah. Like we actually can't, I mean, you can live. That's yeah. a bit of an exaggeration. We can live without all this stuff. But in order for us to dress as, as society says female gendered people need to dress, mm-hmm. we need all these shoes and handbags because we're expected to, you know, all of the colours we've got to wear, the different dress styles, different trousers styles, the variety of our dress requires shoes and handbags. I just wanted to and, put that out there. Yeah, and I, 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 yeah, I've noticed the whole thing of if I've wore it already, I can't wear it again if there's pictures taken in it. That I don't understand. I wear, you can, this is totally true, you can Google me wearing, doing comedy in like 2012 and mm. you can Google me doing comedy in 2019 I've got the same fucking hoodie on. Yeah, it's, I'm it's not, nah, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I encourage that like with, with my peers and that, like to get out the habit of putting that pressure on yourself. Yeah. And I it's, think it's, it's unneeded. Like. It's very unneeded and it's, and it's unnecessary and it's wasteful. Yeah. And what, for me, somebody who do- doesn't wear something more than once, what that says to me, if you don't wear something more than once, it just tells me you're wasteful mm-hmm. and you're frivolous, mm-hmm. which I don't think is, is a, it doesn't tell me you're fashionable mm. or that you're wealthy. There's no point being wealthy if you're going to treat things like they, they have no value. Yeah. You know? I so agree. I don't actually believe in that, in that culture or lifestyle at all. And I will, yeah, there were things that I was just, and also and when you've had a baby, wearing old clothes is great because it means you're losing the baby weight. Mm. So I celebrate wearing old stuff. Now. <laughs> like, yeah, man, this is from before the child came. Let me, let me take another picture. Did you, did you have, um, did you have that, um, that stress thing? What stress uh, thing? After, after giving birth, was it? Oh, uh, po- post-traumatic stress, P- dis- not PTSD, depression, post depression. Yeah. No, I didn't. What I had was, Anxiety. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think what happens when you have a baby is everybody is aware of postnatal depression. It has quite a high visibility now amongst healthcare professionals and even like your friends and your family. Mm. So people, you look, you know, look out for it. And when you have postnatal depression, you go, you go through things like you you don't like your child in the way you should like them. Mm. Um, you resent them a little bit, um, and you you know you, it's it's depression basically, mm. but it's related to the child. Mm. When you have anxiety, it's almost like the opposite, in which you're so obsessed with your baby, like you yeah, suddenly worried. start to yeah. constant worry. And the crazy thing was, I'm not saying that I probably didn't have it as crazily is is i couldn't say it was probably diagnosed with it but having to move in 
with my mum, who was just like incredibly anxious mm. and having to deal with you know, being, you know, in my late 30s, leaving, moving back into your house with your mum, as much as you love her, is a very difficult thing to do. Mm. I'm so independent. Mm. I can't, it was very hard to get used to that. Mm. And then we had kind of parenting issues, so we say, we just had different points of view. So I had dealing with that. I was like, I can't afford to lose my mind. I can't afford to do it. So I kind of self-healed myself by forcing myself to do things that were making me incredibly nervous. Mm. So I went out with my baby a lot when she was really little. I just said, right, I need to meet. I've texted all my friends, right, we're going out for lunch. Mm. We're doing this, we're doing that. And it would terrify me. And I'd be I on the bus. I didn't get them texts, but cool. <laughs> no, you did You got the texts. I just never, I just never. We, you're here, you're in my house now. Listen, look at this guy. Eat your plantain. Huh? Oh, you've eaten it already. That's right. You came yeah, over yeah. and you hoovered yeah. it up, right? And yeah, that is that. <laughs> but you get, I got really nervous. And so I just forced myself out and I'd be on buses just sweating. And you know, when you're waiting for a bus and you've got like three minutes to wait, that mm. three minutes would be for like three hours. Yeah. This, it needs to come now. I need to get home. Mm. But I just forced myself to go out and eventually it got easier. Mm. Um, and I had nightmares, like really bad nightmares. And they were always related to things happening in these nightmares that were always about the baby so I had one nightmare where I left her on the tube I had another nightmare where she got stolen so all of that and all of that is basically a combination of anxiety and PTSD and I just think it's really common Mm. but luckily I had so much other stuff going on I was still working Mm. so I was still doing shows I had writing commitments but Mm. all of that just weighs on your mind Mm. and I thought I can't afford to not have my shit together I really I really get nightmares you know but I think it's uh, since I cut down on my sugar yeah, I, I've sugar gave me nightmares. Do you I hundred percent believe that. Do you dream? Do I dream? Yeah. No, really, no. Oh, cause like, I, I dream every night. Oh, is it? Every yeah. night. I, I you know, it's you know, it's weird. I don't know if I dream in it because sometimes when I'm sleeping, I'm thinking, and I'm very aware I'm thinking. So, but are you like, asleep? I but it can be for like three. F- f- like how, like hours, like I believe I'm sleeping. Do you sleep with your eyes open? Nah, I sleep with my eyes You're closed. You're like a zombie. Still. Nah, so I sleep because my Fitbit tells, but my yeah, my Fitbit tells me that I'm sleeping. Like, right. So I know I'm sleeping, but sometimes, sometimes like I, re- I reflect. I just reflect. Yeah. Like my the thoughts I have when I'm awake. Sometimes I just, I have that while I'm sleeping, but if that's dreaming, then it it doesn't correlate to dreams I've always had. Like. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it's different to... Well, when when I... are you thinking about things that are in the real world? Or are you thinking about, oh, um, you know, I'm flying now? Cause no, be no, 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 not flying. Like, possibilities. Okay. What kind of business ventures can I get involved in? And this, that, and that. So do you don't imagine... switch off? Huh? So you don't switch off? <laughs> no, I You're don't. just in bed, just like doing I business don't. plans. No, no joke. I crunch numbers in my sleep. Like, yeah. I'm not even joking. I crunch numbers or I, I will sort through all the... Like, while I'm dreaming, yeah. <laughs> this is I mean, while I'm sleeping, yeah. no joke, I sorted through all the comic books I needed to get graded. What does that mean, getting them graded? So, like, when you have a comic book, right, you have them in the raw, like, the raw book itself. Yeah. And comic books, the value is determined by the condition. Yeah. But... It's hard. You can't just gauge a comic book and say, oh, it's worth this amount without knowing the condition of it. So what you can do is you can get it sent to professional graders. Right. And they'll grade it out of 10 and put it in, an, in a protective case. Right. And the case will have the grade on it. Okay. So, for instance, I got a comic book um, with the very first appearance of Mystique. Right. I bought it for... I remember I was going to buy Nando's and instead I was like, nah, let me buy a comic book with the money. Yeah. So I spent £14 on a book. Then I got it graded. Uh, paid for it to get it graded. It came back 9.6 wow. out of okay. 10. 
which made the value about £400. So now, after grading that and others, I'm like, all right, let me work out all the comic books that are going to be of value that I should grade out of the ones I have. So as I'm sleeping, (laughs) I've gone through all the ones I want to get graded and all the ones that I'm sorting in different sections. So as I woke up, I knew everything I needed to do with my comments. So I literally went to the boxes and pulled them all out. But I already knew because I had gone through it in my sleep. That's what I'm saying. But I don't know if that's dreaming. I don't know. But literally... That's incredible. You're blessed. I'll tell you why. Because sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll wake mm. up and I'll be like, I've just had the best joke come to me yeah. and I'll write it down and it'll be amazing. Mm. And I wake up in the morning, it'll be the biggest pile of trash. Is it? No, <laughs> I, 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 um, I sometimes rehearse in my sleep. I wow! Rehe- yeah, I rehe- you are blessed because like, it's so weird. I've I've come up with business plans in my sleep and all, but it is like, but I'm telling you, I feel like I'm consciously aware of it. So I struggle to dream, right. like I struggle to dream, because, like I'm just like functional or efficient. I don't know. My mum made me like this machine, like in terms of like efficiency. <laughs> Clearly, so how did I your mum do that? Loads of things. Uh, she gave me responsibilities when I was young, from young. Yeah, discipline always being disciplined always being efficient so things like while I'm brushing my teeth never let the water be running yeah you know what I'm saying all, don't be all these, yeah all yeah. these little things exactly yeah. things like that then also um just my mom always instilled confidence into me like I, you know I grew up with everyone believing in me my yeah. whole block believed I was the guy that's gonna make it out of there my teachers always believed me my teachers are always telling me you're great you're the- I'm the one that's not really applying myself yeah. but everyone like around me believes in me or says you're great you're so intelligent you're this you're that so I believe in myself so much yeah. so like I I always like applied myself because I was always told I could but it's made your brain into this non-stop I, infinitely uh, operating like a Google <laughs> nah cause you know yeah. what no sometimes I sleep and then it's just I, Either, either I think in my sleep, or um, or I blink and it's morning. It's either one of the two. Rarely, on occasions, I may have an odd dream or a nightmare. But usually, that's if I eat sugar or anything that makes me tick, like a some weird energy drink. Let's say there's a, a event and there's free drinks and it's like these energy drinks, yeah. but they want you to taste them and tell, give them reviews. Then I'll have like a mad dream or something from that. But usually. Yeah, a lot of my self-reflection and my personal development has come while I was sleeping. Wow, that's a very... That's almost like the kind of... That almost makes you like a X-Man. That's like a mutant skill. That's funny. It is. That is like, funny. I don't... I think in my sleep. Do you ever sleepwalk or anything like that? Not that I'm aware of, no. But but everyone says I talk in my sleep. Oh, okay. I talk, talk in my sleep. sleep. I talk in my sleep. <laughs> I know that. I know I talk in my sleep. That's all... I think I'm Yeah, but you're pitching. <laughs> <laughs> you're just pitching in your sleep. I want to finish up by asking you a bit about comic books. Um, mm. How long have you liked comic books? N- never. I've, I've I've barely read comic books. Um, I was published in a I was in a contributor for a self motivational book. Right. And the author took me to LA back in 2017. And while I was there, um, I think a day or two before coming back, I wanted a souvenir. Right. And then as I was at the book fair that the book was being promoted at, I saw a comic book stand. And that was where um, I bought my first comic book. But just as a souvenir. So 2017? Yeah, like, no, no, yeah. 2017, no. Okay. My collection's pretty impressive. I know. How did you get such a large collection so quickly? So what happened, that was April 
2017. I bought the book. I didn't read it till June. I read it in June. I liked it. I said, oh, I want the What book was it? Um, it was um, the new 52 Justice League. It was right. Justice League because... I didn't know about the characters. Yeah. So when I went there, I was like, oh, what one should I get? Everyone's running to me. Get Batman. Get Greenland. Get this. Get that. Because it's DC stand. Then a woman said, get Justice League because it has all of the characters and you right. can pick who you like. So when I read it, I liked it. So I was like, oh, I want the whole collection. And then I went online to buy the collection. And as I was searching for it, I seen some comic books were costing £200, £300, £700. So the, the businessman in me was like, what determines this demand and why is the price like this? So now I'm doing searches. I, I get pretty obsessive. So I was spending, I was up to like three in the morning. And my bedtime, I usually sleep by 11. Yeah. But I'm up till three in the morning. I watched a full 40 video playlist right. on how to grade comic books. Right. But I watch YouTube videos at 1.5 speed. Or 1.25 speed, okay. so I absorbed information quicker. So I'm watching all these tutorials on like checking the staples, checking the creases, checking all these things um, to determine the value, like the the grade. So I'm doing all that, and then I'm learning key issues. So yeah. a comic book's value is usually determined by first appearance of a villain, yeah. first appearance of a superhero, the death of someone, a significant event. Yeah. So now I'm doing that. I'm now researching, you know, what comic books are worth X amount. And that's how I started just So now, them. is it a passion or is it a business? It's a passion. But business will be more my manga sets. Yeah. So I got into, man- again, manga. I don't read manga. I watch anime. Right. I was watching anime. I really liked Naruto. So I was like, let me just get a manga set, the Naruto manga set. So I bought it. And then I started... And that's, those, are, those are books too. Those are books. Yeah. Those are the books. And the books get made into anime, which right. is the show. But what happened is I then found out about you have like rare manga books that only have one short run right. printing. So now me being the collector I am, I'm like, oh, I want to try and grab them. I see some for like 200, 300 for the set. I'm like, let me try, see if I can find it for 100. Let me see if I can <laughs> find it for this. And that's how I started uh, picking up manga sets. But I would like... So I, I started a business of that. So I so I've um yeah, because the pounds dropped, I've been selling some big sets over in like Australia, um Portugal, right? Greece, Get that foreign money. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, the yeah. pounds gone down. Like, I can't lie, Brexit kind of yeah, helped that, me still. Get that yen. Brexit helped me still. <laughs> get that yen. Yeah. And with that advice, I'm gonna wrap up. Um, I think people are gonna be interested in you because you don't sleep, you work. Um, yeah, that's funny. But also because you're an actor. And you are a collector, um, and you're an all-round cool guy, and you're a comedian. Have you spoken about that? Yeah, yeah. But you tell jokes too. Yeah. Um, where can people find you? Uh, they you... want to get at you. Yeah, social medias. I'm Oga Samuel, O G A Samuel. Yeah. That's on uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I guess I don't really use that. You know, no one uses Facebook anymore. Do you know who uses Facebook? Like the mums. over sixties. Yeah, yeah. Mums and that. Yeah. Mums and like it's really weird because like Facebook kind of overtook Friends Reunited. But now people just what? use it. You know, they, uh, you, oh God, so there used to be a show, uh, a website called Friends Reunited. Oh, this was before Facebook. And this was, Friends Reunited, for people who were in their 30s and late 30s, they will remember that was the original, oh my God, we can find 
out people where find out where people are from our primary school mm. or from our old secondary school. People got divorced over Friends Reunited because what people did was they'd go out, they went on it and they would find their like first loves mm. and they would be like, Oh, I really I really loved you when I was twelve years old and they get a response, I loved you too, and then they just like dump their wives and husbands. No. And, yeah, it was it was when I say brilliant, I mean hilarious yeah <laughs> but anyway it's all about finding your truth right mm. so that was the original network and then facebook came along and friends reunited died a death but now i'm just chatting shit what i'm saying is facebook's turned back into that friends reunited thing where it's just old people mm. stalking people they just hang out with mm. well you're not gonna give me little one to you like advice stand-up advice stand-up advice yeah all right you're seasoned. So, this I'm is, still learning. <laughs> all right, you give okay. Give me some acting advice first. I'll give you some stand-up advice. Okay. Um. You you need to make decisions. <gasps> you, you need to make actors' decisions. Okay. So, when you have a role, when you're playing someone, you need to decide how they're gonna feel, why they feel like that. So the small details. So if if you decide the person is shocked, put a tremble in your voice. Do you right. know what I mean? Are you going to have a little twitch in your eye? Are you going to look a little to the left? Do you get what I'm saying? You know what? I'm never going to be an actor because I've got one face. So <laughs> I can make all these decisions, <laughs> but I'm like, twitch my eye. Like, <laughs> that's how I do it. <laughs> I just twitched my eye. It wasn't good. Um, she was winking. <laughs> I can't wink. I have no range. But, see, how did you do that? Just you just twitched it, your yeah. eye. How did you do that? It's like I don't know. You 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 know what? I'd buy paintball from you. <laughs> I'd buy a paintball session from you with that yeah, face. Funny. I'll give you I'll give you some uh, some comedian advice. Um, I'll give you two. One bit of advice given to me: never go a week without a gig. Swear. Never go a week without. A I gig. do not get at all. You know. Always have something in your diary, whatever it is, whether it's the Royal Albert Hall, whether it's a pub in in uh, Great Portland Street in London. Stand on stage and tell jokes and never let a week pass between you doing those that thing but the second thing is just like don't take advice from people man honestly and that's like a silly thing but humour is so subjective yeah I've like I was reading a review today in the Guardian of a show and the review was pretty like it wasn't great but this show had been nominated for like an Edinburgh award you Mm. know and you just sort of think who is anyone to say anybody is good or bad yeah and like I want to speak to you about the fringe. Alright, we'll speak off podcast, man, because it's long. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, like you as a comedian have to know yourself whether what you're doing is good enough or not. Mm. No one can tell you. And that sounds like a weird thing because everyone wants industry approval, everyone wants their mates to like him, everyone wants the audience to like them. Because I've done gigs in front of people who have died. Oh no, so I've done gigs with people in front of people who haven't laughed at me, and I swear to God, those would have been like the best gigs I've ever done. Mm. And I've done gigs where people have cried with laughter and their gigs where I'm like they were oh, shit okay, you know yeah, yeah. so it's a really don't list. you have to learn enough about the craft to make your own decisions about whether you're good enough and then mm. and you have to believe in yourself you have to just back yourself mm. that's my advice it's a bit long winded it's not as concise as your advice nah <laughs> I, I like that advice I mean comedy is hard to advise on and it's very complex it's the most challenging thing that's, I yeah, think it's so I, challenging. I, I haven't found anything more challenging it's so challenging and I don't think you'll stop learning. Anyway, Samuel, mm. thanks for coming to keep my company. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm eating my plantain. <laughs> Quickly. Always. I haven't even finished mine.
So that was Samuel Williams. What an amazing mind. I feel like in exchange for a plate of plantain, he's given me a proper life coaching session. Um, Seriously, I feel like a better person. I have a clarity of thought now. I'm thinking about my creativity and where it's going. I'm thinking about how I can make my sleep more productive. He's a great guy. Do catch up with him on social media and find out how you can support him as an actor, as a comedian and as a collector and as an entrepreneur. Um, If you like this podcast, you can do what you normally do with podcasts that you like you can share it you can like it you can rate it you can comment you can even subscribe and if you like me my name is Athena Convenue as you already know I'm a stand-up comedian you can come watch me live all my gigs are on my website which is my name.co.uk I mean athenacablenu.co.uk not not my name but you knew that anyway uh, and come say hello I'm on Instagram Facebook Twitter and all those things um, I'm going to stop talking now because it's the end of the podcast thank you for listening and we will catch up next time